Hi, I'm not organic, but I am fair trade. Ursula the sea bitch. And I'm the mystical presence radiating from the corner of the room that you can't decide is good or evil. That girl down the street. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mainly RuPaul's Drag Race. So, hi, that girl. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. In, in case you didn't notice, uh, Condi's on tour with Nicole Byer this week, so it's just us gals uh, <laughs> manning the ship. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say Condi's in charge around here because no one tells Ursula what to do, but Condi is definitely the, 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 the organizer, the, the, the den mother of this little enterprise, so I'm letting you know now, this is either going to be hilarious or a shit show, but nothing in between. I'm ready to the find out. The children are in charge. <laughs> the children are in charge. Oh, God. So so we're going to start, uh, since uh, since I have that girl here, uh, I want to yes. start uh, by asking about what, uh, you know, since we've done it every week now, but we haven't really dug into it outside of the readings, I want you to educate the children about tarot. Oh, okay. So, um... I don't like. Uh, where should I start? Tarot's a game. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But yeah. um, it's a game that uh, is used essentially for cardomancy, which is magic der- derives from cards, and so it's used mainly for divination purposes. But at the same time, it's also something of a little bit of a meditation really okay so how did you get into it uh so i got into it because like all children that grew up to be like want to be a witch i I ended up gay and so i (laughs) that is true (laughs) that is that is very true (laughs) so i always was like you know what are totally awesome witches (laughs) and uh i actually found out that my mom did tarot which I I didn't know until I was like a little bit later on, but um, oh my god! Next no, time I see I, your mother, I'm having her do a reading for me. Uh, oh, it'd be so shady. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it will be shady. It will be shady whether you <laughs> whether she has cards or not. It will be shady. <laughs> that is also uh, true. <laughs> um, but I got. I got my first deck actually at like a Renaissance fair back in the day. And um, I was like super into it, but I was also very meticulous. So I got a traditional Rider weight, which is the one I still use right now. But um, it didn't have a consistent guidebook. And I was just like, how am I supposed to be able to do this if there's no consistency in the direction? That is a very (laughs) new question. (laughs) And I got very upset and frustrated and like never touched them again after like being so excited about it. And then recently um, I just had it reemerge in my life uh, recently through friends, through um what is it i i did my bachelor party in new orleans and we did that there there were a couple other instances of it happening and i started like 
looking for my old deck and uh it was while i was at home i like went home and i was like well i might as well check here and i had also been mari condoing so i like checked everywhere to see if it was anywhere and i know so and then uh my mom just like gets this box out of the garage and she's just like oh i found this and it's inside my tarot deck and i was just like Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and so after that I was just like I guess I guess I'm going to do this and you know things have really aligned for me to have an opportunity to do it and yeah it's interesting because it's it's really this meditation because all of the tarot really depict either major or minor events that happen in everyone's life and so it gives you an opportunity to really reflect and process those things either after they've happened or as they're about to happen. And so it just makes you a more mindful person and more mindful people with greater intentionality always really, uh, you know, are capable of functioning better. So you it's know, really, it's yeah. funny you say it that way because I, I just got into a debate because these are the kind of debates I get into with my friends about the Myers-Briggs tests and whether they're worth anything and it's like it's it's almost like whether the test is scientifically accurate tested whatever is kind of beside the point because it's about if someone says these are your personality traits and you think well i don't i'm not that or i'm totally that it's more about what you think about what it says rather than what it says and it's yeah. tarot's kind of the same thing it's like when i see when you tell me i'm going to take a trip my thoughts and feelings about taking a trip are actually what i'm here to explore yeah yeah, exactly. It's a lot of that. And yeah, no, I totally get that because it like with astrology with like, you know, uh the Chinese like year of the dragon, the that calendar as well. It's the case that like if you're told and brought up like, hey, this is how like this is basically your expectations of you because of these things, a lot of times you end up like really turning into that person as a result. I know. And, I've said for years, I don't believe in the Zodiac, but I'm absolutely a Scorpio, like down to the fine grain stuff. It's like, that's, it's not right. How accurate the description is for a thing. I don't think is real. <laughs> what, what's really sad is in my relationship, I could describe myself as a cancer and literally like describe things happening to a crab and then it's just like, oh, I suddenly get what you're talking about. <laughs> Drives me crazy. <laughs> like, no, I just have a hard shell and soft insides, goddammit. <laughs> oh, that is so you. That is very you. <laughs> because I'm a Scorpio, I've only ever read Scorpios. And because I'm self-centered, I've only ever read about Scorpios. So I never really dug into the, the accuracy of other signs. But that is very you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Scorpios in your own goddamn world. <laughs> when Shakespeare said all the worlds is a stage, he meant my stage. You're all on my, my stage. My stage, damn it! Yeah. All right, on that note, and to prove that we can take it as well as dish it out, before we dive into the episode, I convinced that girl before we started to do a reading from moi. And I, yep. I'm very excited. And a, little, well, and a little bit scared, so this should be fun. It should be. I'm excited. Let's, uh, I, I've been shuffling, if you haven't heard oh, that yeah. mic pickup, so 
I'm ready for it. In addition to being a tarot reader, that girl also provides excellent Foley work for atmosphere in our podcasts. I love the sound of cards being shuffled. Oh, that's a really polite way of saying cut it the fuck out. (laughs) So, uh, okay. Well, your three cards that you have are the moon, the king of swords, and the, the ten of cups. Okay. So... The uh, moon, it has a lot to deal with, like, the different parts of, essentially, the mind. It's very mind-focused. So uh, it deals with a lot of, like, imagination, creative endeavors, things like that, because it's about the unification of, like, your, like, animalistic versus your domesticated tendencies and, like, the... uh, reconciling of those things with the lizard brain so uh what it really has to do with is it also has a path along the way uh foreign borders in the background so it's all about going along this journey of uh like creativity and uh focus in that sort of way Hmm. hey i did just start a podcast so that's on point (laughs) Yeah, so the King of Swords, uh, he's basically like this, you know, dude who's in charge, uh, and the sword represents really uh, decisiveness, and uh, the King of Swords is very reminiscent of justice, so it's a lot of things that deal with strength and attributes related to decision-making and uh, power derived from that. So, like, what that could mean is basically, like, either you or some figure, probably some sort of, like, you know, uh, more masculine, but not necessarily male, but masculine in qualities, uh, individual who is at in the position of some sort of decisiveness and that that actually needs to like come to a head and a decision needs to be made. And then the Ted of cups is basically like, Hey, rainbow. I'm I'm looking at this card. It is literally a rainbow. I, yeah, no, it's literally a rainbow. So, um, I I like the small children dancing like old, in an old-timey way. that, like... <laughs> Yeah, no, they're totally, like, just twirling in the circle. You know the gig, Ring Around the Rosie. They're, and, and unlike Ring Around the Rosie, it's not about death, and they're not going to die. It's just good times. So between the three of them, I'd say it's like, you know, you have some sort of uh, creativity that you should be exploring and um, really trying to come to make a decision about and that from that you will bring positivity into your life so uh think about decisions that need to be made and don't be afraid to execute them well that is delightful thank you that girl i'm i'm genuinely moved i'm, I'm not I, I know it sounds shady because i can't not sound shady but it actually was i i got a lot out of that genuinely like you're right that did sound shady and i'm cool with that that's fine (laughs) 
Yeah. I, mean, I, I know it's like you when your mom says if you f- keep your face like that, it'll freeze that way. And that's what's happened to my sarcasm. But no, that was <laughs> that was lovely. I'm really glad we did that. I can't wait for Condi to get back. <laughs> uh, she gonna be jelly. <laughs> she gonna be jelly. Okay, but um, are we ready to start on the episode? I think so. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Yeah, this was, they like, for season 11 at the beginning to be, like, rumored to be, like, you know, I mean, the rumors weren't good. Like, we're having a really hard time editing, and it's like, uh, is there going to be nothing? And now I'm like, they're having a hard time editing because there's so much shit going down. Yeah, I... I do have one question about how much material they had to work with this episode, given what they kept in, but I'll I'll, I'll keep my peace until we get to that part of the episode. The okay. fr- starting at the top, as always, girls come into the workroom, and Raja takes it to a place it didn't need to go right off the bat for me. Like it's it's a tiny petty thing. It's a tiny thing to be as annoyed at her as I am, but not reading, like saying she's not going to read Scarlet's goodbye message. That left a really bad taste in my mouth because it's one of those like, this is this is honorable combat. You fight your fight, you do what you need to win, but at the end of the day, you are all still participants in a very small world, and you will all be seeing each other again, if only on your contractually mandated post-season tour. And I don't know, there was something about the attitude, like, girl, do not be salty that the girl everyone else said should go home said you should go home because and she even had like a non-shady reason you have been in the bottom three times like it's just like it was so petty to me to like but it's like spitting on someone's grave or something it's just this tiny act of disrespect that gets you nothing while just making you look bad i i have to agree with you and i've been having this like back and forth in my head related to raja because i I feel like under different circumstances, Raja would be like totally, I could totally kiki with her, like, and have a great time. Be like, the, oh, she's making it hard for me to like her. Like, <laughs> like yeah, she's she... making it next to impossible for me to like her because I understand all the situations in which she's frustrated. And I do think they warrant being frustrated, but at the same time, she's just so like tripping over herself, being frustrated that she's, she's just being a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, like not, and again, it's a tiny thing, but not reading it got you nothing and it cost you something. And yeah. that's a dumb thing to do. Yeah. It's like you made yourself look dumb and what'd you get out of it? Yep. What'd you get out of it? I don't know. Uh, wasn't there something else that went down during this time, though, as well? Uh, she did tell uh, Raja, which, which as I'm looking over my notes, I was taking notes on my phone, uh, and my phone kept autocorrecting Raja to Roger, and I eventually just let it ride. So Roger kept telling people to humble themselves, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I wrote yeah. the word ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh, that's all I remember happening from the yeah. What did I, I don't think anything else, at least nothing that's jumping out of my memory. I am drunk, so you know maybe my memory is less than perfect. But fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so this mini challenge, I love a good ridiculous mini challenge. Like la- la- last week's was fantastic. This one last, did not. 
was fantastic. Yeah, that was like easily in my top ten of mini games uh, and mini challenges. This one, you can't see. Okay, podcast being a famously visual medium, you can't see me kind of scrunching up my face a little and squinting, thinking about this challenge again because it was weird. You don't get down for some boobography. I don't know. What were the boobs made out of? They looked like jello molds, and they were really... <laughs> the thing that, the, honestly, the thing that frustrated me the most out of the boobography challenge was the fact that I was like, ah, we're on VH1. They're even covering up the fake nipples with fruit. Thank <laughs> you. Thank, there was like one part where the boob had popped out of the top and they blurred the fake boob's nipple. And I was like, <laughs> you did not blur any part of Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Even though, again, <laughs> a, a, a not, I, I don't want to go all the way back to that conversation, but I'm just saying, when there was a real nude human in front of you, you because they were... It. Yeah, because they were fat, you didn't blur it. But because there is a quasi-realistic-looking nipple, which which... That's not actually a realistic-looking nipple. I've seen nipples. I have 12 of them. It's like, it... it <laughs> that was not gonna... Who Who is watching this show to complain to the FCC? Who is like, I sat down with my Mormon children to watch... To, 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 to bask in the glory of God's RuPaul's Drag Race, and everything was fine, except for the Until fake nipple. It was fake nipple. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, that that really annoyed me. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, whatever. I think that they did a good job with it and making it be just ridiculous and, and embracing the absurdity yeah, of it. So a, that. Like we were saying, for a bunch of pageant queens that we all thought would be too uptight to have fun, they all threw themselves into it. Yeah, no, every single one of them were like, giving you camp and fun and ridiculousness. And I was here for the fact that everyone was allowing themselves to do that and have a good time. And I think the two that won should have won, honestly, oh. because they totally brought the most. I, I am going to just give a quick shout out. I, a curious quick fa a quick drag face was beat. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe she walked in with like a nice foundation already powdered and sat and beat because she looks perfect. I was like, "Holy shit, that's your 15 minute drag! I don't look that good after eight hours and like six attendants in that scene from The Wizard of Oz when they make the horse change color." Like, just girl, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Winners of the mini challenge, correct winners. They were, they were who? They were oh. Nina and Sugarcane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Sugarcane, I did like Sugarcane making a sponge joke that delighted me to no end. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, I, I don't know. I feel like my my love for Queens ebbs and flows throughout the season and episode to episode, and I like Sugarcane more after this episode. Yeah. Well, I, I think Sugarcane is like unquestionably one of the best talking heads of the season. Like, she's edged out by Miss Vanjie, but that's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, but she is she is clearly very smart and very funny. Yeah, and I'll say this. For being a older queen, she is bringing it with the commentary. She doesn't let the children intimidate her. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so the challenge this, this week, it, this challenge was a little weird to me. 
What um, was the challenge again? Can we explain it? Yeah, yeah. So it, it was or, it was like organic materials, raw materials, but it felt somewhat badly uh, described in the episode because I'm like, if this is an unconventional materials challenge, half of those looks were just fabric. Like, it, it wasn't drag on a dime. It wasn't make something out of food. It wasn't make something out of garbage. It was, like, just themed as, like, organic. Here's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it... It, 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 was, it was farm-themed. It was either... Yeah. Oh, yeah, wear, far, farm wear to runway. as a farm, or wear as a farmer, like, wear yeah. on a farm, or things that could be found on a farm, both food and other. Like the burlap. Yeah. Which, uh, that, uh, it felt like it pushed the definition so blurred that it almost didn't matter anymore. For me. I mean, I, I, it felt very much like a, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, I'm very shocked that we're having as many fashion challenges as we are this season. Mm-hmm. What fashion challenge is this? This is at least number three. Yeah. This is at least number three. We yeah, we, we haven't even gotten to the makeover. Yeah, we, we normally only have one or like at this point in the season, they 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 knocked out like what two or three acting challenges in a row. So I get that they're going somewhere else now, but it is weird to have in this era of Drag Race. It is weird to have this many make a look from scratch challenges. Yeah, because ooh, girl, some of those girls can't sew, but ooh. you know. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> as, as far as the workroom, I, I I recall liking like I like watching them actually interact like people. So yeah. when they were like consulting each other and just like talking and working <laughs> nicely, that that warmed the cockles of my shrunken bitter heart. Um, yeah. It was very good to see like Vanji trying to get some suggestions on things. Uh, I really, I thought it was, I thought it was going to be nice for Vanjie and Evie to pair together for a little bit and to get a little bit of feedback and that seemed to like go well. It definitely unraveled during Untucked, mm-hmm. but that part was nice. <laughs> and yeah, no, they definitely like have their little clicks and they help each other out. And I think that's cute. It's yeah. nice to see. Like, you know, queer friendships being modeled in that way. And I, I, I like it. I live. Yeah. I was also thrilled Nina picked corn for two reasons. Uh, first, Shangela's corn dress, which is iconic in how bad it was. So, and hey, and Shangela performed in front of Beyonce, doing Beyonce, in front of Beyonce. So, you know, it, there, maybe there's some good luck there. And digging back all the way to Project Runway season one, I don't know if anyone remembers Austin Scarlett's corn husk dress. That was like the earliest days of reality television when they were still like painting it on cave walls. So that I, I don't know. I, I felt like this was like a nice throwback to many forms of reality TV design competition that made me very happy. Yeah, no, I also love the end product. I thought it was great. I honestly felt like it shouldn't have even been in the bottom three. I oh. thought it was really nice. Yeah, I'll be getting to my critiques of the selection choices when we get to the runway. And I agree with you. It should not have been in the bottom three. Yeah, yeah. So so Rue enters the workroom to do uh her her standard thing. 
And much like the episode, it was like episode two when she basically stirred the pot with both hands with a boat oar to get them to talk about Silky, that same level, but worse this episode. Uh, the pop psychology 101 stuff was so thick this episode. Yeah, yeah, you were in it. Tell me. Ooh, Tell okay. me. Okay, here's, here's the thing. I appreciate and deeply value uh, the fact that queer people get to build their own families based on mutual respect and care rather than being forced to put up with emotional abuse in the name of allegiance to people to whom you are accidentally related. But the way that conversation played out between Room Plastique was creepy as fuck. You like, thought so? Yes. Okay. Someone saying you're my family is a sweet, honest way to talk about how close you feel based on a shared experience and being in a safe place. We're your family now is what cult leaders say. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Like that yeah, just... no, we're, we're your family now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I didn't think of it in that context. It, it's just it, here's the thing: we 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 clocked Rue for this with the silky ganache thing in episode two, and it's kind of the same thing here. It's like it's weirdly artless it, 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 yeah. from someone who's otherwise a master. Like at her height, Rue could have coaxed that conversation out of plastique without it even looking like she was trying. And I here I saw the strings, say... and it was really weird. I have to say that I didn't feel the same way about it, but I think the reason that I feel that way is because, like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I know where Plastique's coming from with that. I I think that, like, for me, the context of that conversation is different. Do I think that, like, you know, Rue is, like, being fake and trite in that moment and making it out, like, making it into, like, more than it really is? Yes, because I feel like, you know, we're your family now. Is that true? Uh, probably not. Like, I don't think that Plastique can now, like, call Rue up and be like, Mom! Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure she can with Alyssa or something like that. Yeah. But like at the same time, I, I do think that for a lot of queer people who haven't had um, maybe that type of acceptance on any level uh, from their like true family, having that happen is like a big deal. So, or just having it be such a, omnipresent hurdle for so long within your family dynamic which i'm sure that it was uh like you know being from southeast asia it it seemed like do i like i i feel like plastique was having a genuine experience like through it but i think that rue was definitely like you know <laughs> saying shit that wasn't really like you know like great assault girl we're we're your family now great assault though like don't call me on fridays or thursdays or any day well and i'll, I'll and i'll agree with that because my the next thing i was thinking about was how of course raja said something like she did like i believe plastique's experience as described by plastique was accurate and genuine and that's how she felt about things 
it was just the weirdly artless way it was pulled out and packaged by Rue that really set my teeth on edge. I don't think Plastique was over-dramatizing her experience. Like, like it, it's not like there's going to be some tweet or some photo of, like, Plastique's mom at a pride parade proudly supporting her her queer son or something. Like, like I think Plastique is being honest. It was just the way Rue coaxed it out and packaged it that made it weird. But I also, like, I disagree with Raja that Plastique was, like, gilding the lily for attention. I don't think that was happening for Plastique. It was just... Rue was being weird. It was just, it was like so artless and from someone whom I expect art all the fucking time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like with the, that whole thing, I think it was weird that Raja was like, this bitch is being fake because I mean, I don't know. I, I just was like, you, you have no context of knowing what that other person is going through. And for me, like, it was just, with that moment, I was I very much felt for Plastique, and I identified with that whole experience because, like, um, I am I am not Asian, but I did live in Southeast Asia for a while, and when I was there, it was it was obvious that you know, uh, gay people there were not as accepted as they are from where I am. So, I mean, I can understand that the way that that was handled is to, like, make it a non-issue. Always make it a non-issue because it won't ever be, like, you know, a positive thing that your family can, like, you know, rally behind and, like, love and embrace. So, uh, I totally get like that and having that be something that like really just impacts eventually out of necessity your entire life like every facet of your life and so realizing that that is the case and then needing to like deal with that and reconcile that and the fact that it is so omnipresent it's a lot to overcome and it's not something that anyone can do just through a singular experience so it's just like I very much uh, felt for Plastique in that moment. And she, I don't know, you, you saw a lot of humanity in her. Oh, no, I, I agree. So I, I, I didn't yeah. even like, I wasn't even like, it, it for me, I was just like, I was transfixed by Plastique. And I was like, and Rue over here doing this stupid Rue bullshit, whatever. No one cares about you, ho. <laughs> some other workroom highlights for me uh everything vanji says vanji vanji is just like a one-liner machine i loved i'm mad at, i'm mad at evie even though she's right that was uh i died um uh, i and, really felt for her with that yeah no i uh, i died too yeah i was it was great and my, and my other favorite line is well, if you got something that like was I forgot the the, the setup, but it was like if if you got something that works, you do it. Uh, and quote, "Ain't nobody tell Michelle to put her titties away. She got good titties. Show them." I I <laughs> fell off of my couch. It's just like I I want to I want I want Vanjie's phone number just so I can like call and listen to Vanjie's outgoing voicemail because I'm sure it's genius. Just everything Vanjie says is hilarious. Oh yeah, Rue calling out Silky. Something else I loved about the workroom. F thank you, 
do it on the main stage next time. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think the way that Silky responded to it, too, like, at the same time, good for her for having that much confidence. Like, I'm sure when she finally does lip sync, it will be phenomenal, honestly. So I'm excited to see her do it, not because I'm like, I want Silky to go help, which may or may not be true. But uh, actually, I don't want her to go home. I'll be honest. I think there's many people that need to go home before her but i think she's gonna kill it when she finally does i'm wondering if she can lip sync because she's been in a bottom worthy look a couple of times now and they haven't even kept her on the stage i'm worried they're worried that if they ever put her in the bottom and say lip sync that she'll actually have a meltdown because there's a fine line as a sea monster, I know one thing, and that's Greek mythology. There's a fine line between confidence and hubris. And hubris, thy name is Silky, not Meganash. Fair. But I'll also say that uh, I, I actually disagree with you. Like, maybe there was a look or two that was, like, worthy of being in the bottom. And she has been in the bottom many times. But I'll say this. Her performances have never, in my opinion, have never been, like, bottom two worthy. They've been bottom three worthy, yes, but not bo bottom yeah, two. Yeah, in in the bottom group. Not necessarily lip-syncing, but they, there's been a couple of times oh, where she's been safe, been. where I want her on stage being read at least a little. <laughs> you just want to see her go through some pain, which I can't, I can't hold against you. Yeah. <laughs> My middle name is Schadenfreude, and no one knows that because I don't tell them. Um, yeah. On to the uh, Alyssa Edwards runway uh, coaching. Like, like manna from heaven. Oh, uh, yeah. I love Alyssa's guest appearances, I think, more than I loved Alyssa on the show. They're giving me so much life. I love it. I love it. I, I don't understand why I can't watch Dancing Queen with my husband because he, like, refuses. And I'm just like, you're telling me you don't want to watch a docuseries starring Alyssa Edwards where half of the time she is herself and half of the time she is Alyssa Edwards in drag? You're telling me you don't want to watch that? I've actually, I've watched a few episodes, and the problem is they're both, the, they're, they're so the same that there's no interest in the difference. Uh, I only was able to watch, like, two episodes before I gave up. I love Alyssa. Alyssa was great here. I think Alyssa, like, Alyssa was fantastic in this, like, ten minutes of raw, unfiltered, molten core of the earth Alyssa Edwards. In 60 minutes of that, I might, I might be, like, I might need a pill. <laughs> I liked that she called Brooklyn out on not having enough personality, being like, oh, you're talented and pretty, but, like, what's that got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought Silky's was, like, really odd. <laughs> I thought it was great that Alyssa was like, Silky might be my spirit animal. In some, <laughs> in some ways, I'm like, oh, my God. She might be, but I was also like, what the hell is Silky doing right now? Like, all this ganache, like, uh, she like, I understand the movements that she was making, but the look on her face while she was making those movements was just like, <laughs> Bubba, who's gonna fix your boat in the Louisiana Bayou, 
tried to get in touch with his feminine wilds mama. And I was just like, oh, girl, if that's if that's what all the ganache is, I'm going to pass on dessert. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I liked how... Uh, I like that Alyssa liked Nina. I don't know why, but that made me very happy. Yeah. Like, I it was... Too. And she's she is actually a really good, like, judge coach. Like, she... I mean, she runs a dance school for a living, so she must not be too terrible at it. Um, but it's like, I really like... Like, that is definitely in the top five, certainly top ten, of, like, guest people who show up to make you better and succeed. I okay, think they... this jumping around, but I'm gonna yeah. bring it up with it. It's okay, Connie's I not here. We can do what we want. For... <laughs> <laughs> I live for the fact that so far this season, Trixie has been on, Alyssa's been on. We know we get Jinx next episode. I love that they're reincorporating the girls from previous seasons into current seasons in the way that they are, and that. Getting more and more of it. Last week, we got the full fucking voiceover challenge. Are you kidding me? It was one of my favorite things. And now we get more. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, you can't see it because, because, again, podcast visual. But I am nodding like the member of a gospel choir right now. <laughs> when they I knew show, you would be on board for this. I when, knew you would. When they it's show like, Jinx in the promo for next week. You, I, you about flood your basement, bitch. <laughs> I have, I have no panties left. I peed them all. Like just, oh my god, I'm so happy. I was just like, ooh, <laughs> Ursula's gonna live for this. I was like, yes, yes. Like, okay. I, I stood up on my divan. It was great. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I, I love the runway coaching challenge. Oh, uh, we gotta talk about plastic and. Alyssa for the runway coaching. Yes. yes. What did you think? I loved it because I, it felt it it had everything that the interactions with Rue didn't have for me, in which it was like there is genuine rapport, there is genuine connection, but I'm still here to make you a better version of yourself. So like there was I liked their energy a lot. Yeah. That I like the the it was definitely the yin to Rue's yang and that Rue is your fake mom who isn't really there for you but at the same time you could use for connections and you know this relationship benefits you so you will call your mother but Alyssa's like your actual like real mom who like is there for you when shit goes down and like you can call and just be like ma and she'll just be like, all right, baby, that, <laughs> like, you know, I, I love seeing the two of them together and showing that kind of like, you know, because you can tell those two really do love each other. Yeah. And I, that's beautiful. It also, it made me happy to see, and this is what was missing for me from, from Alyssa's Dance Queens series, which was like the genuine moments, not the reality orchestrated moments, but like genuine, like, I care about other people. I help them be them best selves. And so it's like knowing Alyssa has that quality in her array of other amazing qualities made me love her more. Where it's like, oh, oh you actually can't stop looking in a mirror long enough to notice other people's feelings, Narcissus. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, 
I love Alyssa Edwards. I'm so glad that she's making it back and making a bigger and bigger name for herself all the time. Yeah. She's lovely. And, and, and I'll, I'll close out the, the runway coaching. Vanjie's was hilarious. It yeah. was so good. It was so good to start, but I like the edits Alyssa made. They were all on point. They worked. It was funny. The two of them, I would, if they want to do like a remake of uh, Thelma and Louise with Alyssa Edwards and Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, I, I'd pay for that. I, I would give them money for that. Can we can we do one more in that Evie oh, sure. with the drama with Silky that Evie's like I'm gonna push myself I'm gonna push myself I'm gonna show these girls that you can push your limits so long as you don't put go past them and I was just I just honestly that was the moment where I have been like Evie Oddly is my favorite queen of the season and then all of a sudden she just like wasn't anymore girl. Just be like, just do you. Why you gotta be like? Ah. No, I, I I get that because it, it's like this is Evie Oddly's version of letting the girls in her head. Like when she did all those back bends, I'm like, I'm like sitting there like biting my fingernails till they bleed, being like, but your joints. You told us about them, and I remember. And no, I was real uh, watching her do that. And even when she was like, "Yeah, I may have pushed myself a little too hard," I'm like, "Yes, you did. You did push yourself too hard because you're still recovering from the last time you pushed yourself too hard." So it, yeah. it's Stick weird. Headed, bitch. Yeah, like, girl, just just <laughs> walk the runway. You get to just ro- walk the runway this time. It's okay. We'll still love you. You'll still be amazing. Honestly, she probably would have, like, people would have liked her more. She would have been more likable if she had just for this one time, like, you know, not tried to be, like, upstage everybody. If she had just allowed herself to, you know, like, and not even, like, not deliver. Not even not be. Evie, oddly, walking like a normal person is better than other queens walking like like the renters do. Yeah, no, like, girl... Just, like, do you at a 10, but not necessarily, like, push yourself to 13. Yeah. And try to push yourself to 13. And still end up at 10 because it's only a scale to 10, girl. Yeah. If I was if I was Evie's chiropractor watching the show, I would be drafting a very testy letter to her right now. Like... <laughs> we talked about this, bitch. Yeah. I gave you pamphlets with diagrams, and apparently it was for nothing. Yeah, I just... <laughs> What a waste of my copy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is a, a, the next part of the show is the most confusing part of the episode for me. I did not get this, uh, like, this line oh, dance no. thing. Oh, it was like Sugar Babies, but with, like, ten, nine of them. I don't know how many bitches there are. I think there's nine. You you got you uh, got it on hey, the first hey, try. <laughs> yeah, no, like I, it was just sugar babies with nine bitches. Where instead of it being choreographed by the person that wins the puppet challenge, it was just choreographed by Alyssa Edwards. But it was it, maybe it was just the way they shot it. But it was so mushy and rapid that you couldn't like latch on to like people were like, "I lost you in the mini challenge." I couldn't find anyone in the mini challenge. I got lost in the mini I challenge. I found several or, people in the mini challenge. Yeah, I found the, Nina the, West. This dance. Like, I just... Nina, I, West. I, Nina was great. Nina was spectacular. I don't disagree. But... I found Evie. 
She did good then. Oh no, she was great. Like, uh, and, and there you go. That's how you do it, Evie. You, Evie, oddly sitting on a bale of hay, is more interesting. Everyone, upstaging everyone. <laughs> yep. You don't need to do nothing crazy, girl. You just need to be yourself. Evie, oddly sitting on a bale, upstaging everyone. People. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I, I just, the fact that they kept so much of that in made me wonder are they having problems squeezing drama out of the workroom if we needed three, four minutes of, of this line dance? But that was me. If other people liked I it, I won't. I think there was yeah. definitely something going on because notice we didn't watch any of the practice of the choreography of that either. Yeah. There was a whole thing that they did that we didn't watch. So, I mean, I'm kind of just like, well, what's going on? But it might be the case that they did some sort of like collaboration with something Alyssa's got going on, and now we'll see that footage later. later yeah. Other than fair enough, that, fair enough. I uh, the fact that I'm even suspecting that is that level of synergy is just like, uh, cut it out. <laughs> just give me Drag Race. All I want is Drag Race. Yeah, all I want is Drag Race. I now have to watch on Tuck. What kind of bitch do you think I am? All right, I think it's time to pause for a non-commercial commercial break uh, before we dive into the runway. Yes, it's, it's time for a commercial break, but unfortunately we don't have any sponsors. So while today's episode is not brought to you by Casper, I just want to tell you about my Casper mattress and how much I love it. The Stay Cool Memory Foam supports you while you sleep and will easily bear the weight of two grown men violating God's laws. And it also comes in an impossibly tiny box, so when you set it up, you feel like Harry fucking Houdini. So go to Casper.com and buy yourself a mattress. We don't have a discount code for you, but you should pay retail. You're worth it. And now back to the show. And we're back, and it is now time for the runway. I am I am excited. There was a lot of good looks this week. There were some bad looks, but even the bad looks weren't wretched. They were just not good. Yeah, so, I'll agree with that. Like, there weren't any that were just like, "Ooh, bitch, what'd you what'd you do?" <laughs> yeah, what what gypsy woman did you offend to to make this happen to you? Yeah, no, there were there there were no Vanjie's episode one season ten. <laughs> Ooh, true. Okay, so going down the line, which we can do now because there's only. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine queens. There's only nine. We can talk about them all, and we won't be here till doomsday. I know. So starting at the top with Sugar Cane. Uh, I like that it had a windblown effect, like very like I'm in the tornado in Kansas yeah. type of look. Uh, I thought the silhouette was fine. I think it was. I think it was safe. I think it was safe. I toot it though. Yeah, I, I love the shape of the skirt. The fit in the bust was a little wonky for me. And the makeup, uh, I get what she was going for as part of the windblown look, but somehow it still didn't land quite for me. But I agree, at least say, like, this was not secretly a bad look that they overlooked. It was a safe look at worst. Yeah. I Yeah. Uh, as far as Silky goes... I really like Silky's look. I thought it was really nice. I like what she did with the beans. I like that she used actual, like, food, where some of the girls didn't use food. Um, I This is the same silhouette that she had on her promo look, 
Yeah. And I really liked it. I I liked that silhouette on her and I think this was another execution of that same silhouette done in a way that honestly I thought was better than I thought was better than most of the girls just because it was such a great utilization of the unconventional material. I'm only going to counter that by saying when she walked down the runway talking about how much work she put into it, all I heard was Alexis Michelle talking about how carefully she glued turquoise to the bodice. Uh, the amount of labor you put into the dress is not directly proportional to the quality of the resulting product. I did not love this look. I kind of thought she should have been not safe, if only because... I don't know. I, I was not in love with the look generally, but I think specifically it does feel like she is walking the same pageanty silhouette every single time. And just, it didn't set me on fire. And I actually like it less than I like uh, Nina's look, which we'll get to when we get to it. But I think Nina should have been safe. And again, putting Silky in the bottom three isn't like, I hated this look, it's terrible. There are other Silky looks I think that about. But I think that was not, I, I think I would have flipped Nina and Silky. Okay, okay, but toot it or boot it? Boot, but barely. Okay, so a soft boot. Yeah. Um, Evie. Oh my god. I'll say it now. Real winner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, they were building that plastique up to that win so hard that it was just like, there ain't no way she ain't winning. There ain't no way she ain't winning. This is season 11, girl. This is season 3 where you actually won because you did the best. This is season 11. You win because you deliver on story. (laughs) Yeah. Every single thing about this look is perfect. The color palette's amazing. The transitions are phenomenal. Oh, it's everything. It's, it's everything like, about it is perfect. Yeah, it's reminiscent of her jellyfish look, but not in a way that's repeating itself. It's just like, like if you, if if both Evie's jellyfish and this look walked a runway, you'd be like, well, that's part of a collection, a collection I want to see more of. Gorgeous. The finger wave was flawless, and for a queen who goes bald so often, such a beautiful piece of wiggery. Love it. Yeah. No, it was. It was beautiful. It was definitely glam. And I like that it was still odd. It was yeah. still weird, but it was very high fashion. No, the, the, like it if, was a total two. It should have it won. won. Yeah, like if we lived in Candyland, Evie would be like the witch who lives in the swamp and provides cheap abortions to the villages, to the village girls. You know, like there's just like that's where that look is for me. And I love it. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that definitely that um and she was more memorable in the mini so she definitely should have won sorry um uh who was next brooklyn's next yeah okay this is where this is where i come thinking that the terms of the challenge were not really clearly defined because if this was an unorthodox materials challenge she took some denim and wrapped herself in it. She made took fabric and made a dress. It's a very good dress. For denim, it moves really well. It looks really light and flowy and not heavy like we think denim would be. So it's a good denim dress, but it's also like I don't quite get the connection to the challenge. Beyond the fact that farmers also oh. wear denim. Yeah, no, that that was it. I mean, the real challenge is make a make a garment out of the materials provided. Yeah. That's okay. The yeah, Like, that's what the challenge always is. It's make a garment out of the materials that we give you. Any fashion challenge is that. So, like, this gave me farm 
it gave me farm. It didn't give me table. Like, I I agree with you in that, like, the, the looks that really stood out for me and the looks that I liked the most had more farm, like, had more of, like, the food elements in them. So I, like, it did definitely diminish something for me, but I thought she executed the look amazingly. And I did love the long purse. I thought it was oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, and the color palette was good. Anyone who can make denim look like that knows yeah, what no, they're doing. The, this look was awesome. And given that the challenge is like make make a garment out of the materials provided, she was definitely in the top in regards to that. Though I do think a lot of girls made like, you know, creative stuff that wasn't necessarily out of things that were already fabric. And I would have liked to see that incorporated more than just the orange slices that she had as like accents and jewelry. Yeah. All right, who's who's next? Our winner is next, Plastique Tiara. Who okay, when we say Evie should win, it's not because Plastique was not gagged. I am just I, I am I am gagged, I am gooped, it is brown cow stunning, it is uh, black cow stunning. It is it is all manner of bovine stunning. Uh, that headpiece <laughs> alone is phenomenal. Okay, so the headpiece has fle- feathers. It has like bark. It has like what else? Flowers. Yeah. Uh, is no, there feathers in there too? Yeah, and it looks like it's growing out of her head. It, like like the feathers are shaped to look like hair. So the whole piece looks like it could be this organic like she could have walked out of lord of the rings she's like a sexy gay ent yeah i love it yeah she looks great honestly i'm looking at this picture and uh that i have in front of me right now and i'm just like you know i i see I see why Plastique won. Oh, yeah, she no, like, like, she could have eaten, like, with the spray of stuff on the bodice, it could have easily looked like the crap they put in bouquets of flowers real easy, and it doesn't. It's gorgeous. It's the color palette, the structure. Like, even though, yes, technically she is wearing a corset and a headpiece again, you don't care because it's that well done. Yeah, I agree with you on that. She's... <laughs> she's delivering us that same shit but at the same time it's just like you know why she hasn't been called out on it because it looks amazing every time Yep. it's not the case that like and one of them looks cheap it's like no they all look stunning they're all tens everything yep. is ten. Uh next up Miss Vanjie uh, yeah. <laughs> I what like this Vanjie I like this from the navel up. The ropes are cute. The wig is cute. I like the I, I like the idea. I like that she tried. That skirt is not a skirt. It is a bunch of fabric that she has hastily pinned around her very tiny waist. See, I actually like the look at the bottom, too. I just didn't like them together, necessarily. There was something wrong, because if I looked at her bottom half, Mm -hmm. like, take this picture, cut her in half, I look at the top half, I like both parts. I just don't like the overall product. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I'll give you that. It was just like, 
would I, would I've liked it more if it were like a full length gown or something? Like she would just or like it was like a like a maxi skirt or something. Would I? Oh, liked if that? she had done that, that would have been everything. Yeah, because that would have been such a different silhouette in the materials. Yeah, like I agree with Safe though. She she should not have been kept on the stage to be read because she did technically give you a different look. It wasn't just a bodysuit. It wasn't just a leotard. And we know the girl can't sew, so modulating expectations, she she did well. And her yeah. faces, as always, beat for the gods. Like, I, I, I don't think Vanjie could do bad makeup because even on that episode when she went home, the critique was all about the shape of the dress. No one thought she didn't look stunning from the neck up. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. So, uh, Raj is next. <laughs> uh, I kind of really liked the burlap I... pants without, with the exception of the fact that they were falling apart. Yeah, it, that was a fit and construction issue more than a... Um, I like the... Uh, in theory, I like the pants more than the rest of it because especially given that the first thing she did during the lip sync was take everything she had on off, it's like, well, that means it wasn't a good look, now was it? Um, I, I, I found the top hat to be... <laughs> Uh, uh, just a lot of I glued crap to myself kind of look, which is the real pitfall of the unconventional materials challenge. Yeah, notice I only brought up the pants because that's that's the where only, the compliments were. Yeah, girl. yeah. <laughs> overall, you, I like the idea. She did pants last week, but again, when you do pants well, I love I love nice lady pants. Like me and Janelle Monet, we are presidents of the Women in Pants fan club. Um, and if it were better rendered, I think the stripe would have looked cute. All of that would have worked. And then she could have spent the rest of her time redesigning her top half. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, she was, she was saying how plastique took her bark and that's the reason she had to make the pants. It's just like, oh, well then you better thank her because yeah. that's the only reason you had something good. Yep. Ah. Yep. All right. Oh, Akira, Akira C. Davenport, who we love. We 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 have. I this. I think I agree with Kanye that the show is sleeping on you for far too long. Yeah, I really but... like Akira, and so I was, I was, I was honestly very shocked that she yeah. came something so. Basic. Like I, I get that. Okay, first of all, I understand dying burlap didn't work. Yeah, burlap's not burlap is not an absorbent material, um, and I get you had to do something on the fly, but it, here's the thing: if the styling were better, if the shoulder pads weren't there, if the neck piece were a little thinner, if that wig line wasn't so harsh, harsh, it was like everything failed here. <laughs> like, like if Akira had done everything else we know Akira can do well, but worn that dress. I think she might have been maybe in the bottom, but then also safe. Um, like, it just, this was like such, like, and like the keyhole cutout looked ragged and unfinished, and it was just like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, because it looked like when she was uh, in the back and she was doing something with the plants over the, the bodice or whatever, mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Okay, and then when she walked down the runway in this, I was just like, "Wait, what happened to the shit I liked? <laughs> like, what what happened? There was she, you were making something I liked. Where where'd that go?" Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Uh, that brings us to, to Nina West. This look was a bit of a slow burn for me. Like, I, I liked it when it came out, but the longer I looked at it, the more I fell in love with it. I think she, without radically re-engineering her padding, I think she actually still addressed the proportionizing issue. The peplum actually really serves to balance out her shoulders, and I thought that was like a clever way to, to solve that problem. If I had to levy a critique, I just think the skirt should have come to her knees. Like, if that were like a pencil skirt all the way to the top of her knees, I think that would have been a winning look, or like in the top three look. Yeah, it definitely could have been. It wasn't going to be with it being so short. It just didn't really add up for me. But I really liked Nina's wig tonight. I thought it was different for her and interesting. And I love the contrast. Yeah, yeah, me too. I thought her makeup was a little bit harsh. Like they they didn't even really read her. Well, I guess they read her for that. But I mean, it was a soft read. It was more just like, hey, girl, try this out. (laughs) uh, Her response to criticism, I love. Um, Because I wish I was like that, but I'm not. (laughs) I wouldn't uh, know. I've never been critiqued. Bitch. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I loved it from the waist up, from the, but from the waist down, I did not like yeah, it. it. It just looks unfinished. Had it gone down to the knees, it would have balanced. It would have, yeah. But the waist up was amazing. Oh, yeah, I really loved it. Loved it. All right. I think that's, yep, that is, that is everyone. We got through it very easily this week. Yeah. Um, so, so Plastic wins, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> say it in a more catty way. Say obviously in a more catty way, please. Obviously. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm only. I'm not even. Ma- Evie's won twice now. I'm not. I'm not. It's not like Evie's going to be fine. Um, so it was, it was fine. And it, it, it's not like the win itself was undeserved. It was just, I think Evie, like, had you not known any of these Queens, you would have picked Evie. Had you not watched the show and just watched the episode, you would have been like, oh, well, well, Evie did better. But that, and, and not by that much. Like, I like, I think Evie's look is better and she did better in the, uh, line dancing. But, you know, first and second, we're not that far apart. I'm not, I'm only noting it. I'm not like outraged. So, with Plastique's win, I think she did deserve it, though. Like, it was, in the, in the like, produced reality show of it all, I think that she deserved it because it was essentially her time to win because she had been so close on so many challenges and not done it. And the, she did do well enough to deserve a win tonight. So, I, I think... I think that she, I I really like her look. I think I like it more the more I look at it. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Yeah. No, no question. Yeah. I guess I just had that visceral response to some of the other girls that made yeah. me feel like they deserved it more. But now I'm, now I'm questioning that because now I'm just like, oh no, that's beautiful. Oh no, it's beautiful. No, no two ways about it. Hmm. All right. In the bottom. Deservedly so, are Raja and Akira. Yeah, I 
I really, yeah, I don't know how I felt about this one just because I felt like it was Raj's time to go, not because she, like, actually did the worst in the lip sync, because she never does poorly. She always does amazing. You know you're going to get a show from Raja D. O'Hara. But at the same time, I still felt like, you know, it was, she had so much to overcome. Yeah. Like, I, I I think Akira won the lip sync absent anything else. Like I, I liked Akira's performance more. The strutting made me crack up. I air trumpet killed me. Yeah. I think I think Akira that was just my point about the fact yeah. that I thought it was her time to go regardless. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> and then on top of that, Akira also like she delivered more of what I was looking for in that lip sync, so yeah. I liked it. She even like pointed at the like exit at the end. It was it was good. She definitely turned it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Akira would have had to have pheromoned all over the stage more than once to really lose to Raja there, and she not only didn't do that, she she did a good lip sync as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I liked her. I also specifically liked her floor work. Mm. I would like to. Uh, run into Akira on the floor anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so that I think that brings us uh, to the end. Raja has gone home. Um, I gotta say, um, not to not to unnecessarily invoke some other O'Hara's of our acquaintance. It's not as bad, but girl, I would not want to be in Raja O'Hara's mentions right now. Whew. Yeah, they're probably not very positive, especially with, like, what happened with uh, Untucked. Mm. Ooh, ooh, girl. That, not stop fighting on Untucked this week. So, I, it's, I feel for Raja, because, I, I feel for any of the villains, really, because, you know, at the end of the day, like nobody I feel like very few people just like go out of their way to be like bad people or whatever it's like you know being put in a situation in which you're pushed beyond your like you know limits and this is a highly stressful situation like it brings out things in you that you didn't know were there so yeah much like like one of my favorite parts of seeing Plastique with Alyssa is it was just like the hardest part of this has to be being away from everything you like and care about for weeks, for months. Um, yeah. So I get that that would wear a person down and bring out the worst in them. That being said, you know, it's not the edit. You said what you said, and we all heard you say it. So, you know, there, I, I balanced that a little. But I, I agree. Also, just fucking be nice to people on social media. What t- Talking about shit that doesn't get you anything just makes you look like an ass. Even if I didn't like someone a lot, I would probably still not go out of my way to say something shitty to them on social media. Because I have a full life to live. I went to an art class this morning. I'm going to take a jog later. Like, I have a whole life that's just about Ursula. And I don't need to spend my time going into people's mentions to stir up shit to make myself feel alive. It just eludes me why people behave that way. Yeah, I... I really hope that Raja doesn't get, like, you know, 
doesn't get the VP treatment. Well, to be and let's be clear here, even even giving the least charitable interpretation of everything about Raja in this season, nowhere near Fifi O'Hara. Fifi O'Hara is insane. Fifi O'Hara needs help. Raja was just pressed. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, uh, if if, if, if Put it this way, if somebody's pressed like that and that's like how they responded to it, it's the case that probably you being a toxic person to them all over social media in a relentless like mob-like fashion probably isn't going to do anything to help this individual and, you know, just like, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick, y'all. Yeah, Yeah. whatever you want to point out to uh, about Raj's behavior it was all triggered by having an unhealthy conflict response so displaying your own unhealthy conflict response for the world not gonna help <laughs> pretty much so yeah so we we read drag race and we give you usable life advice on how not to show your entire ass to the internet <laughs> Okay, so I, I think that wraps up both our conversation of the episode and all the life advice we're qualified to give you. So uh, that's it for this week. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes, five stars, and we'll find you and make you unhappy you didn't. Uh, we're on Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are delivered, you will find us there. Uh, we're on Instagram, at Reading Drag Race. Uh, you can follow That Girl's Tarot Readings, which, having been the subject of one, was a fucking delight. At that oh, girl. thank you. Yeah, at that girl down the street. And uh, that's it for me. Yeah, so uh, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Uh, it was lovely doing it uh, with with mom out. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I hope mom likes this and puts this podcast on the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She trusted us with this. We didn't ruin it, for sure. Ha-ha! <laughs> and now... And now, a reading from that girl down the street. Hello and welcome to your weekly drag queen tarot reading. This is that girl down the street, part of the Reading Drag Race podcast. This week we're going to be doing a reading for Raja D. O'Hara, the most recently eliminated queen. Let's get started. Hmm. Okay, so the three cards that we have here are the Wheel of Fortune in Reversed, the Magician, and the King of Wands in Reversed. Hmm. So, the Wheel of Fortune card in Reverse, remember, Wheel of Fortune is about a change in luck. So, the card in Reverse typically means... A change in luck, and uh, probably this time it's more likely that it'll be for the for the worse. So, um, yeah, I think this might have to do with the fact that the way that you expected things to turn out probably aren't going to be the way that you want them to turn out, or would have would have wanted. Uh, 
However, I'm really hopeful for uh, at least your next card, which is the Magician. The Magician is all about that um, will and manifesting one's uh, will through uh, their own means. So he's a card that really is about the fact that you have uh, what it is you need in order to be successful. And uh, you just need to really uh, go forth and make those things happen. Actualize, bitch. Make it work. Uh, <laughs> the last card is the King of Wands in reverse. And, ooh, girl, I am really shocked to hear that you are a Capricorn because I would have thought you were a Cancer like me. So... That uh, King of Wands, he's like good, and I'm sorry, in reverse anyway. He's good but severe, and he's like, uh, he's like controlling but tolerant. It's it's really quite complicated. So I think it symbolizes the fact that you're going to get where you want to go, but the way that you're going to go about doing that might not always be the way that, you know, will, let's just say you didn't really take the path of least resistance, bitch. Like, it, I mean, that's, that's the way it goes, though, sometimes. Like, we all have situations in which we're forced to really step up for that we might not always be ready for or situations in which you know um more preparation could have been done in order to allow us to really rise to the occasion in terms of uh you know meeting a challenge but i think it's also the case that uh you know, we we find opportunities in those situations for immense growth and development. So, uh, though it is the case that the situation ahead might not be one that you're 100% ready for, it is a challenge that you can rise to. So, it presents itself with an opportunity. And like the magician present here indicates, your will is very strong. You're able to create things into being through uh, will alone. Uh, so, keep that in mind. Not everything here is really a negative, even though uh, some of the situations might not be you know, bright and sunshiny days. It's not like we're seeing three sun cards in a row or something. But um, altogether, I think I would read it like this. I would I would think that the uh, Wheel of Fortune card in reverse means a turn for bad luck. So uh, I probably think about, like, you know, what what's causing you your bad luck in this moment in that right now obviously it would probably be the edit that you got so think about how you might be able to counterbalance that and know that though times ahead are um you know a situation that might overwhelm and be one that we're not entirely ready for it's also the case that it prevents presents itself as a distinct opportunity to really rise up 
and uh, meet the challenge, and that you've always demonstrated strong will and the ability to make your dreams happen. So just bank on those things, and ultimately you'll get to where you end up wanting to be. Keep that in mind. Things are really have the potential to be good because you are put in positions where uh, things could really be looking up for you. So keep that in mind. Anyway, love you, girl. I'll read you anytime. This has been... <laughs> this has been... This has been uh, That Girl Down the Street, part of the Reading Drag Race podcast, reminding you that sometimes we read the cards and sometimes the cards read us, mama.